they'll hire a speaker. You, you know, you're going to have a one hour lecture from somebody from this school who's now successful. And that's our contribution to your mental health. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, no. Zach Benson, athletic development coach, Rockville, Ontario, and you're listening to At The 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today is another installment of our series, The Talk. Joining us today, we have the founder of For Life Fitness out in Brockville near Ottawa, Zach Benson. Zach, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. First of all, I just want to thank you guys for having me. I'm really excited to get going. Well, you know, it's it's a pleasure um, having you join us. And just from reading up on everything on your website, it got me more and more excited about this. Um, you know, no doubt you are the foremost expert on what you do. So for those listening who might not, you know, have a sense of, of what uh, For Life Fitness is, may not have heard about it, why don't you kind of just give us, you know, your story, how this all came about, and, and what For Life Fitness is all about. All right, I'll try to keep it brief. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, basically, growing up in a really small town, about an hour from Ottawa, a lot of us were overlooked. Um, and there's also no resources for training, so physical growth. And there's really nothing here for social growth for young men, uh, not men, but men and women, young athletes. Um, so I started volunteering in the football league here and when I was about 19. So through that, I kind of saw this, this veil kind of moved and I saw this huge opportunity to start running football camps. Uh, flash forward five, six years. Uh, I graduated bishops with an athletic development degree and I had taken some government uh, courses which were, were grant-based and they gave me business coaches to start my company. So from this incubator of a football company called Marvel Athletics, I pretty much had the bones for my athletic development post-secondary prep company that I had started three years ago when I graduated. Um, and what we do is we offer really specific elite training and that's what gets people in the door. If you want to go next level and you're from Kempville or Kingston or Brockville, you come see me. The second thing we do is the social growth. So we have leadership, a leadership Academy, and it's essentially a trickle down mentorship system, mentorship system where I spend a lot of time having uh, just honest conversations like this with the grade 11s and 12s to get them ready for what's coming. Right. Because one of the things I found here coming from a rural community um, and our coaches were great, but we didn't have a lot of, what's next? Like, let's get you ready for this. Um, so more than just an athletic development company, what we do is post-secondary prep. So we help athletes and parents navigate through recruiting process, as well as uh, the academic process and finding the school for you. So we're kind of we got our toe dipped in a little bit of everything. Well, I want to kind of jump into that last component of it that you mentioned about the, the prep and because we've had a few conversations with players sort of in this series and as well as some other interviews that we've been having and particularly in the conversation around around mental health for athletes finding the right home for yourself where you're spending the next four to five years and for some people they're finding a place that they're calling home for longer than that it is so key and uh you know sometimes I feel like a broken record talking about these things but you know, I, I can understand that given the, the, the sheer competitiveness for, for getting players from the, from the coach's standpoint, the recruit standpoint, that, you know, sometimes not to say that they're giving false promises, but maybe, you know, they're offering something that really deep down they know isn't really the fact of the matter. So when you're navigating these things with these young athletes and their families, 
How are you going about that? What type of advice are you doling out to them to help them make these decisions? That's a great question. Um, it's always case dependent, first of all. Uh, so how our, how our process works here is if an athlete has had conversations with their parent about wanting a scholarship or a coach has said, you know, to a young athlete, you have what it takes, go have a conversation with Zach. So we'll come together, we'll sit down. It's been over Zoom lately because of, you know, what's going on. I don't want to talk about that at all. Uh, <laughs> but through this process, what we do, we take a holistic approach to it. So the parents, first of all, they see how much I care because I went through this. So based on my experience going through the recruiting process, first thing I do is I tell them my story. Look at all the mistakes I made, all of them, lay them out for the parents. And then I say, now this is how we can navigate yours. So for me, I actually went to Carleton for civil engineering when they didn't have a football team. They didn't have a program. They were getting one the next year. So it was a great opportunity to try to see if I can do engineering and then have free time to play football. Turns out it was fine. My grades were great, but Carleton bringing in a whole roster of 70 guys that were the same age. I was like, I'm going to get buried here. So I left. Right. So one of the, one of the very first things we talk about is kind of what you mentioned. You have to find a school that if the football stops or whatever sport stops, you still want to be there for your academic plan. Because as we all know, football is going to end in high school or university or pro. If you make it pro, you have two years if you're lucky. Um, but the biggest thing is, A, we're, we're really rural, and B, the parents here have a lot of catching up to do. This process is really intimidating to them. So I don't know if I have like a recipe for you. It's, it's just really case dependent and forming a relationship with the, the athlete and showing them that I care is really what I do differently. The other stuff works itself out. It's easy. I, I, I've prep schools in the States. They want my guys because they're performing. So they kind of make my job easy because they do everything I ask them. They're all 90% averages across the board. They're all involved in leadership Academy. So when they come out, they're already ready for university football. It's not this, this big responsibility jump that I kind of experienced because we didn't have this kind of prep concept. You know, and you mentioned kind of talking about the, the academic plan and what happens when football is taken away from you or when you hang it up or, or whatever it may be. Um, and maybe this isn't the case with the athletes you work with, but I, I definitely know from having seven years in different locker rooms, there's a lot of guys who at the university level – if they weren't playing football, they they wouldn't be in school, right? That's just yes. that's it's it's a it's a a vessel through which they can continue to play competitive football and maybe take the step to the next level. Is is that ever something that comes up with with any of your athletes where having to really instill that motivation of like, hey, the school is you know just as important? Or do you have any of your athletes where it's like this really tug of war of it's the mm -hmm. academics is what isn't their thing. It's not what they would want to do otherwise, but the sports is obviously the what's you know pushing them to go nonetheless. Absolutely. And, and one of the problems, and it's something that I would love to see you sports address is there are so many kids in this area of Brockville and Ottawa who are phenomenal athletes, but they've been dealt a really tough hand. And I feel that one thing we're not doing in Canada that the States do a little bit better. There are a lot of things they don't do well, but there's a couple of things they do really well with football. And it's, they give kids a chance when nobody else will. And the, the issue here is it's so competitive academically to get into a school. You're right. I have athletes that could literally start U sport today, plug and play. 
18 years old, 6'2", 240, running four six nines. These kids are capable. But some of the things that they've had to overcome through life, they weren't able, they weren't put in a situation where they could focus on school because maybe they've been working full time since they were 12. So there's always those situations where I can't help this kid. And it's, it, that's one of the things I kind of struggle with. Um, I obviously I'm hard on myself because I'm trying to set the example for them. Um, did I answer your question there? Or did you want to part B it? <laughs> no, 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 no. That, that's perfect. That's perfect. Cause I mean, it, it's you know the 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 CGFL seems like it's it's built up a bit of steam of late, and there's been stories of guys where uh, either they went to university for a bit or completely for for go for, didn't didn't go to university and just went straight CGFL and had a yeah. shot at CFL. Um, and so like I'm happy to see that that is becoming a, a legitimate avenue for guys to go because if you want to be if you're if your dream is to be a football player i mean it's great if you can get a degree in the process but like that shouldn't have to be or i mean it seems odd that that's there's that ma- and the price tag that comes along with that to be able to do it so no i, I appreciate exactly it. yeah it becomes an overwhelming concept when you when you so for example i put myself through school so i but i had a plan at 18 i'm not probably every every kid probably isn't thinking so long term it's like i grew up without my father so i've always been like i gotta take care of me right um whereas some of the kids you know it's sometimes it's an uphill battle with the parents so i I think the way i want to leave it is just it's so case dependent i don't want to get into too much specifics and and put my foot in my mouth sure well you know you you mentioned about having that kind of long-term plan for yourself and yeah definitely you're a bit of an outlier because uh you know i'm almost 28 now and I still don't really know what I want to be doing you know when you're talking with athletes and uh, Dakota's done a lot of coaching I've had a few stints doing some coaching and we've all heard these things from other coaches when we were players where whatever the message was whether it's about you know make sure you're getting in the books make sure you're getting in the weight room or you know oh don't take don't take practice for granted because you'll miss it when you're gone. And we've all heard these things in many cases we've then gone on to say these things to other athletes and we know that a lot of the time it's it's kind of falling on deaf ears because you're thinking, yeah, 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 no, I'll, I'll worry about that later or that's that's not a now problem. That's whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Is is that something that you see with, with your athletes anytime or is there any way that you try? And obviously, as you mentioned, case dependent, 100% get that. But is there any type of way that with with your brand that you try and make your messages stick? Like, is there any type of, you know, not to give away yeah. whatever secret sauce you might have going on there? but That's... Uh, I feel that from a young age, I've personally just had a gift. I get the best out of people. I don't know where that came from. I couldn't answer that if I tried. Uh, but I started coaching when I probably when I was like 12, 13, like I, I had an opportunity to do a couple of volunteer uh, coaching shifts with like a U6 hockey team. So I've kind of always had this interest in trying to like help push people f- forward the way the coaches that I had growing up pushed me forward. Um, but I think... Sorry, real quick. What was the question? Because I have a, uh, uh, another answer for you. Well, just in regards to making the messages, whatever it might be, when you're right. trying to sort of coach up a player about the things outside the sport, making those messages stick or about just you know committing to your training, committing to your diet, all these things that sometimes, and we've probably all been there ourselves, where you heard a coach say it and you're like, that makes sense, but like, you know, see you yeah. later, you know. Yes. So I think because... I did it. I played university football. There's that instant respect factor that they have. They trust me right away. We through building that relationship, they see how much I care. And that is it. That is my secret. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And my mantra is just be who you needed when you were growing up. It's as simple as that. 
because for me and both of you, I'm sure like if we, if you guys had access to what I'm offering now, we, maybe we would have had a five, we would have been 5% more ready for university and then 10% more ready for the draft or, or whatever it may be. But I think to answer that question is the leadership Academy that we've just started is really going to streamline that. Um, this Sunday is our second iterate, our second lecture. And we're basically going to go over delayed gratification the whole time. So I'm going to have a group of grade sixes to 11s. Uh, and we're literally going to start talking to these young kids about the concept of delayed gratification versus instant gratification for that long-term life goal. Because there's too many kids that I'm working with a lot of athletes, 95% of them, they're doing their 10 percenters. They're doing what needs to be done. The kids that might not be as keen, this leadership Academy is great for them because they're getting pulled forward. You know, the older kids, you know, I'm going to say to one of my athletes, Evan, you're going to, you're going to take Nate Latimer and, and he's, you're his role model for two years. You know what I mean? So then these kids come up learning this system three years from now, my hands are, I'm off. You know what I mean? One of my athletes is I already have them in youth sports football. They'll come home, they'll run it for me. And I'm a figurehead because we kind of have this family dynamic here where I'm, you know, I'm a resource for the parents. Anytime, what do you need? Is it nutrition? Is, is there a mental health issue going on? Cause one other thing we haven't talked about yet is our, the charity we started too. So we just have a, I think, the thing I did differently, not than everybody, because there's some really good coaches, uh, Victor Tadondo in Ottawa running Gridiron Academy, very similar concept, but it's his side hustle versus for me, I'm thinking, okay, how can I prepare these kids for every aspect of life? So like I kind of said previously, we have the training, we have the mental health uh, charity. So mainly what, what we're doing with that is we're, we're, we, host, we host golf tournaments and then the proceeds go to helping pay for activities and sports for those who shouldn't or who can't afford it essentially um that's that's great i definitely want to talk about the charity a little bit more um but i don't want to say for those less fortunate for those who aren't lucky enough to be part of kind of your program and without the easy answer just being kind of money in a sense like how do how do you see a possible solution for getting more programs similar to yours or at least more messages out to all the kids that aren't fortunate that are just playing high school ball that have, you know, again, the lots of great coaches, but have the coaches that are old school or say, you know, hit someone in the mouth, hit someone in the mouth, go play university ball. I don't care about you anymore. Like how do we kind of get this information out to more people? Which information? Like, not even recruiting, but just kind of like get not even information, but getting kids prepared for what university sports is like and getting them prepared for their life. That isn't just football. Growing them as I think the hard, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. The hardest, the hardest part, it, it comes back to the like the the case individualness. Um, I I really think the biggest thing is trying to pay it forward. Um, I got to look up to a bunch of uh, hockey coaches growing up, basketball coaches, football coaches. I kind of got to learn what I liked in a role model and what I didn't like in a role model. So. You know, I would love to be a multimillionaire and have this huge reach uh, and be able to offer these programs to everything. But I think the biggest issue with these type of companies is there's not a lot of community involvement. Um, and I don't mean that to say I'm not getting support in my community because I absolutely am, especially, I mean, I'm, it's COVID and I'm still here. So there's been support. We're all good on that, that front. Um, but I, I really think if, if there's people who want to do good in the world, we need a platform. Uh, I think you had mentioned, you know, Ottawa Sun or TSN, like picking this up. 
I don't know what the solution is, but I think a huge part to like get kind of getting the reach out there is we need community involvement. We need sponsors. We need support because uh, we've got almost 60 podcasts. We just started less than a year ago. Uh, I think any podcast, any kid listens to, there's a, there's something they can take away and implement in their life immediately. No, definitely. If, if you ever want to open up place number two, West End GTA, let me know. More than happy to run that area for you. We can okay. Let's we, chat. We can, let's we can chat talk after, after that, but I'll I'll, yeah. I'll let Zach hop in. I, Perfect. Well, Zach, you, you mentioned the the charity, um, and so that's Podium for Life, right? So, can we get the the breakdown on that? Because I was reading a yep. bit about that as well. It sounds fantastic. Uh, this kind of stems, I think, to wanting to be like who I needed growing up, essentially, um, and. I kind of have like an over responsibility syndrome where I kind of feel like I'm responsible for the small communities, athletic development, social growth, or else kind of nobody will. Um, that's kind of how I feel about that. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to add. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's, that's totally wicked. And, and for people listening and, and we'll get you to plug it all at the end, all over again, like for right. life, uh, for life, fitness, uh, dot what's sorry. The, What's the website? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. My fault. Uh, the podium for life. So what happened was I came home from university and I need a facility, right? Like I'm, I'm so I, I went out and got a strategic alliance. Her name's Ashley Hill. She owns Podium Sports Therapy and Wellness Center. So they do the injury prevention, the massage, the uh, prehab, the rehab, the physios, all that stuff. So we work really well together. I think it was our third meeting. I said to her like, okay, great. I've you know, you've got a business that makes you money. I've got a business that makes you money. Now let's take care of the community and start giving back. So the third time we had met, I said, this is an idea I have for a charity. Are you interested? She was like, yep, let's do it. So we took podium for life, jammed them together. And we started offering uh, mental health mindset lectures, targeting youth. Uh, we had PhD uh, sports psychologist, Walter Mark Antoni from Bishops make the trip down twice, I believe actually, uh, and lecture on sports psychology and we also have a functional medicine doctor here at podium who has also given mental health uh, lectures um the lectures are really what i was kind of passionate about coming from an ac academic background it's just kind of how i was used to it was just the world i was in and now that i'm a couple years removed uh, from school we're kind of getting away from the lectures because although they're great we don't necessarily know how to implement them properly in the way that it's not just a big bunch of big words talking about the amygdala and little parts of the brain. And it's what we're trying to do now is take a community-based approach. And that's why we started, okay, now we're going to, it didn't work. You know what? It didn't work. Let's just be honest. So instead of quitting, we, we pivoted. So now we host golf tournaments, we raise money, we support kids in sports. Now this is a weird year for that. There's only been three applications for funding. So we're just kind of sitting on this now. So, through this process, we've also kind of learned that there's Jumpstart, there's Play It Again, there's lots of other companies already attacking this uh, issue. So I just mentioned to the co-founder of the charity, Ashley, yesterday, maybe we should switch gears a little bit and look into two different things. We don't have a dome here in Brockville and it impedes athletic development big time. There is nowhere to sprint, run, or throw for four or five months of a year here because the schools don't let us in because of COVID right now, right? Um, so one of the things I had mentioned to Ashley that I would kind of like to maybe change the vision of the charity a little bit to more of like a long-term goal in 10 years, I want to put a dome in Brockville and that's going to be the legacy I want to leave. 
that's a, that's a hell of a, a project to strive for, and I'm sure that would be just you know a, a, an incredible uh, addition to the community there. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned that's kind of the the bit of the long term goal that you're looking at, and you know, it's if if it's possible, if we can forget about COVID for a second, just given the absolute wrench it's been in, in everyone's plans and everything like that. Like I said, if it's possible, what is sort of from where you've grown as a, as an organization, what is sort of your, your one year plan, five year plan? What are the next sort of major check marks? In addition to, like you said, wanting to leave this legacy of, of uh, a, a, you know, 365 day a year athletic facility. Another wow, great question. You guys are you guys are on your, your stuff. Well, you know, um, you said you bring the best out of other people, so you're bringing <laughs> right, the best out right, of us right, 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 right now. <laughs> um, I think one year plan. So this summer, this is why it was a great question because I'll just give it to you how it is. So we are going to start trying to uh, branch out from like just the you come here, you train with me, you go home. That's it, right? So now we're we've started last year the Rockville Elite Sevens which is, uh, I don't know if you saw it on the website, but we are, it's a seven on seven football team and we've already been invited to some tournaments in the States. So that is going to help streamline scholarships just immediately once we get the green light to leave. Um, but now I'm taking that concept a step further. Unfortunately, it's looking like there's not going to be contact football again this summer, um, at least in my area area. So what I'm going to do is just keep a local bubble of Rockville athletes and try to, to start a seven on seven football league. So again, that's something we don't have here. Keep the kids moving, keep the game growing. Uh, so that would be kind of this summer. And then I'll also run like a, uh, introduction beginners athletic development program and advanced athletic development program. And then that all funnels into the tryouts for the elite sevens program to then train with the elite group. Uh, strength training, football specific training, film breakdown, uh, schools, uh, universities, NCAA schools, youth sports, and CJEP programs uh, present do uh, tour campus tours, um, and it kind of just gets the recruiting process streamlined. Now, to take that one step further, my three, four, five year plan is we're starting now to branch out into Brockville Elite. There's going to be an elite hockey team elite basketball program, elite volleyball programs, because all my friends who went off on scholarships came home. So we have this pool of like world-class athletes that want to help this small community. And it's, 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 it's everything that I ever wanted to do is right here in this little town. The people I need, the facilities I need, the support I need, it's right here. So when I was graduating, I was like, do I go to Toronto and BC and get into like the, the big gym scene and the corporate gym scene and as soon as I started working for myself, it was just, it was over. I, I can, yeah, I'm, that's obviously the most gratifying feeling out there when you, you know that you're, you're answering to yourself in that regard. Um, you know, going back to, um, you mentioned having um, speakers from bishops on addressing, um, you know, a, a whole uh, host of issues, but mental health in there. Um, it, it seems, and Dakota and I have spoken about this with some athletes where, when we were playing, you know, not too, too long ago, but, you know, recently enough, it seemed like the conversation around mental health and sports w- was starting to pick up. 
that it was something that uh, perhaps you know too it took too long as is but it, it, it was start, something that was starting to ramp up people were aware of this being a thing and it seems like for younger players currently that it's it's more a part of their life that you know to state the obvious you know it's, it's okay to talk about things that that are, are bothering you our mental health it's just as important as our academics and our and our athletics when it comes to being a well-rounded athlete I'm just wondering from from the athletes that you're working with and from this, this the speakers you've brought in uh I guess what to you the culture of of football um, and mental health look like right now? Does it seem like it's in a place that's moving positively or is it a bit still the status quo and, you know, not, not to take a shot at the sport because we, lo- we love yeah. football for sure, you know, but it does seem like perhaps some of the classical classical aspects of the game and coaching and, and certain things perhaps is part of the problem. Uh, where do you kind of see from just the, the, the players you've worked with, the people, the experts that have spoken to you and, and, and your and your team, where do you kind of see that all at right now? So I think it is slowly trending in the right direction. I think in 20 years, it's going to accelerate. But right now, it's slowly trending as, you know, our generation kind of matures and gets a seat at the table. Um, for example, I, I, you know, when I was in grade 11, my coach told me concussions aren't real. We need to go play. That's not that long ago, man. That's nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, he, there might have been a little joke, but... I went back in and played. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go. So like I had a very personal ex- like experience at Bishops, but my last year was a little negative, but other than that, it was great. Um, and I don't want to, you know, blame one coach for my entire experience, but I, I do think that universities need to fix this problem first. And it's the problem that they don't have the resources to actually prioritize mental health. And I'm sorry, it's kind of pathetic. They'll hire a speaker. You, you know, you're going to have a one-hour lecture from somebody from this school who's now successful, and that's our contribution to your mental health. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, no. Build a support system that is not dependent on what school you're at. So your parents, your friends, uh, people just around you, like whatever it needs to be, you need to build your support system because – one thing we all know is once you get to university, you're a number. And right now, most programs, they don't care. They don't care about the players right now. Um, and I think with these conversations, like our generation, we're not muzzled. Like we will talk to each other and to the older generation. We don't, we're not going to let them push back because they're older. The world they lived in, it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore with the technology we're getting and the way things are developing. Um, Another interesting thing I'm doing is I'm working with a team from Ryerson on a concussion mitigation helmet. And there's people who are actually saying like, this is going to ruin the game. Stop, leave it alone. And I'm like, guys, we're trying to save the game. So I do think there is a tug and a tug of war between like the young generation of coaches coming in and the generation of coaches that they're going to be gone in five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. So that's why I think in 20 years, it's going to accelerate and we're going to take like one of the first things we learned in athletic development course at Bishops is athlete or like person first, athlete second. But I feel that because of the pressure of the job and it, it is a job, right? They're getting paid to get a result. So uh, I don't think that the mental health aspect necessarily has to fall to the coaches of the team, but I don't know any university in Canada that has the resources um, to actually deal with this problem. And I honestly don't know who, who's, 
who is responsible for this problem? Is it the university? Is it the governments? Is it ourselves? Probably a little bit of everything. Yeah, I think we spoke in, a, in an episode that hasn't come out yet about, I mean, we do kind of talk about coaches and how they need to care about their athletes and stuff, but at the end of the day, it, the, the total responsibility that I don't think really should fall on the coaches necessarily because, you know, they're not trained professionals when it comes to, to mental health right. and we can't realistically expect them to be. And like you're saying, in, in 20 years, we're probably going to fast track and it's going to be a very top priority. Um, but that's kind of because, and I mean this with all due respect to them, the dinosaurs are going to have aged out and it's going to be our turn. But until then, and I don't necessarily think, and assume you have an answer here, but why should, if we're just going to look at the school and the administration about actually bringing in these resources, why should they? If, if we're just looking at them as a business, I mean, I, I believe they definitely should. Yeah. I believe I went to Western, so because, I know they have money, great. but like, why should they? I think the product they're pro- providing, it's, uh, it's not what they're, they're, they're selling. I think we were lied to as a generation. If you work hard and you go to school and you get good grades, you're going to be successful. That's not the case anymore. A university degree is worth probably less than a high school degree was worth 50 years ago. And that's kind of just happening now. And now that universities have online option that completely devalues our degrees because now more people have access to that school and take the courses online. The degrees are more now. It, so great question. Um, I don't know if they, it's their responsibility, but I, I think uh, the world is changing and this is a top priority. So get on board or you're going to fall behind. Is kind of how I view it. Fair enough. I mean, they are at the end of the day, I think that post-secondary education is a business and they're just masquerading as something else. So at least in that aspect mm-hmm. of staying alive as a business, then yeah, they need to get on board. That makes perfect sense. Well, I'm, I'm just trying to hold in the little existential crisis I went through there when you mentioning how, you know, about a, a degree being probably not as much as a high school degree as 50 years ago. Ah. I'm like, I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't know the accuracy necessarily, but that sounds yeah. true. And that's freaking me out. But uh, no, no, great why do you, point. Why do you think I have, I'm getting three of them now? Because I just <laughs> need to keep up. There's Yeah, there's, like, yeah, good point. There's some great Kanye line about the, the, the degrees that I won't try and quote right now without it in front of me. Um, but no, I mean, I think we're, we're relatively all on board w- with what you're saying. Um, you were mentioning, we were talking before we, we, we started recording about how when you began the company, it sort of started with the, the football focus and now it's kind of expanded into a sort of multi, multi-sport platform. Uh, how have you sort of, as, as a business, been able to um, adapt with that and what sort of changes to your programs have you been um, bringing in to, to suit that that demand so the one of the okay yeah so I when I left Carlton um, in the summer I was like I, I'm getting back into football I want to coach so I started I started coaching football um, and I was only home right for the summer. So it kind of had to be something that was, you know, uh, camps in the summer and then I'm gone for eight months. So it was really hard to kind of get traction every summer. I came home. Yeah, sure. It grew a little bit, but it would almost be like I hit momentum by September and then I'm gone and kind of starting over. So it's really just the last three years or two, two years. Well, it's actually year two that I've been home. I graduated two years ago. Um, I'm just in like year one and a half basically of running this full time. Well, you know, 
all the more success to you moving forward. It's incredible what you've been able to build in that short of time. And uh, to repeat what Dakota mentioned before, if you're ever looking to start something up in the Toronto area, you have two folks right here that would be fully on board to help out in any capacity because it just sounds so wicked what you're doing. And uh, no doubt you're helping out a lot of people. Um, Zach, uh, plug your plug your stuff where can they find you online where's the website the instagram tell, tell everyone what, where to find you all right sounds good so the website is www.4lifefitness.info it's not .ca the reason it's not .ca is some free advice for everybody don't piss off your website manager all right i had to get a new domain name so it's .info now uh the instagram is my personal is coach zjb uh for life fitness is like at four dot life fitness twitter i'm athletic insights i'm kind of a little bit all over the place but those are those are the main ones beautiful beautiful well zach thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to speak with us um i'm sure this is uh you know this is obviously going in the right direction we can't wait to see it grow even more so thank you so much and all the best for you okay I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to the two of you about doing a podcast on my platform as well. And then let's, uh, let's chit chat about, uh, some brainstorming as well. No doubt, man. All right. Take care, brother. All right. Have a good one guys.